0: living a more healthy
1: life. So I love the topic for this year, detoxification. It is one of the most important topics that we could ever address at our health summit. Because as Joel mentioned, everyone, every single person needs to know how to detoxify their body, mind, and spirit in order to achieve optimal health and wellness. Hi everybody, welcome to another edition of Beyond Labels. I'm your co-host, Dr. Sina McKella. Um, I'm here with Joel Salatin, and we have a very special guest today, Dr. Michelle Perro But before I bring her on, let me go ahead and recap what we did in a previous episode. Uh, we brought you the breaking news about the FDA's um, issuance of the final guidance document for how they intend to enforce and regulate actions on homeopathic drug products that are marketed in the U.S. Basically, FDA is claiming that all homeopathic products are illegally marketed because they have not gone through the FDA drug approval process. So in other words, they are categorizing homeopathic products as quote, unapproved new drugs that are illegally marketed. And according to the FDA's new guidance document, quote, any homeopathic drug product that is being marketed illegally is subject to FDA enforcement action at any time. So the translation is these homeopathic products are on the market illegally and FDA can remove them at any time that they want. My prediction is this will be death by a thousand cuts. It's gonna happen very slowly. They'll target and eliminate one homeopathic medication or group of medicines at one time. So as not to affect a large number of users at once and you might stave off some kind of uprising, um, and not draw so much attention to what's happening. And in fact, the FDA has already announced that it's gonna, inf- it will focus on just a few product categories of enforcement. Um, initially, those are injectables, eye drops, products for vulnerable, vulnerable populations, which they include to be infants, children, immunocompromised, elderly, and pregnant women, and products used for prevention or treatment of serious or life-threatening diseases, and products that they believe have shown Quality or safety issues. So today, we're going to go into a little more detail about this, you know, continuing involving solu- uh, situation that's happening between homeopathy and the FDA. We're going to share some new insights. We're also going to answer three listener questions, including one that is a proposed solution. Which, right, we're all about solutions on this program, so we love that. But first, I want to bring on our special guest, Dr. Michelle Perro. She is a veteran pediatrician with over four decades of experience in in acute and integrative medicine. She has more, uh, or more than 15 years ago, Dr. Perro transformed her clinical practice to include GMO and pesticide advocacy. She's worked as both director and attending physician for New York's Metropolitan Hospital and UCSF um, Children's Hospital in Oakland. Dr. Perro has managed her own business called Down to Earth. Pediatrics, um, create a new field of integrative urgent care medicine. She's co authored the highly acclaimed book, What's Making Our Children Sick, which, by the way, is phenomenal. If you have not read it, you, I think you should. She is the executive director of a nonprofit scientific based website, GMO Science. She's authored numerous publications. She has a column with the journal, The Townsend Letter. And she's presently working on Regeneration Health International, which is a nonprofit uh, a group focused on holistic healing and promoting, quote, food as medicine. She's lectured nationally and internationally on regenerative foods and soil, environmental health, and justice issues focused on children. And she's hoping to release a second book fairly soon. Welcome to the program, Dr. Pero. It's so
2: wonderful to have you here. Dina, thank you, Joel. Thank you for having me. And uh, nothing I like better than uh, hanging out with uh, people who are changing the conversation. Yes. With, With solutions. Thank you.
1: Amen to that. Man, I'm reading your bio and it goes on and on and on. It's so many great things. I think most people would probably be shocked to realize that in your practice, you have successfully used homeopathy for years. Is that correct?
2: Indeed, I started with my own son when he was a little guy, you know, many, many decades ago and uh, had some health challenges. And I had a serendipitous encounter just by luck with an MD homeopath. And she told me what to do for my son homeopathically. And I I was gobsmacked, um, thinking like, what? These little pills worked? And I did it again, and it worked again. And I thought, you've got to be kidding me. Like, I didn't eat three times to realize that I was pissed off because there was something in medicine that I never learned that was effective, inexpensive, and that kids would take easily because they're made with little sugar pills. And it really changed my whole career 180
1: degrees. Wow, that is so remarkable. You know, how I can only imagine that you're this, you know uh, really you know, credentialed medical doctor, highly respected, and you go to your colleagues and you start sharing that you're using homeopathy, right? How did the medical establishment respond to you when, you know, you became open about using homeopathy?
0: I, I'm sure they all wanted to learn about it too.
1: <laughs> well, I'm going to give you a couple
2: quick vignettes because as you heard, my story's long and we don't have 11 hours here for this podcast. But um, <laughs> initially I was an eager little beaver. I was like, Hey. Everyone, look at this. You're not going to believe it. And um, the amount of eye-rolling and laughter and joke-making that I was the brunt of for decades was pretty astronomical. It's It's a good thing I'm a New Yorker by birth and I'm kind of tough because geez, I got stones thrown at me and it, it wasn't a warm, fuzzy welcome. I was pretty ostracized by my community. And as a matter of fact, one quick story, I was working in a urgent care clinic and I gave a kid, the mother wanted it, Arnica. I don't force homeopathy on anyone. Hold on. I offer solutions for a sprained ankle. Arnica is a great remedy for trauma. And I got reported by that pediatrician. And my boss came to me at the time and said, Michelle, you cannot use homeopathy in this clinic. I said, well, it's over the counter it's uh it's not dangerous and oh gee his ankle's better because I follow up on my patients what an idea I call people back to see how they're doing you <laughs> know another lost art of communication and he said not in this clinic you're not using it and I handed him my resignation wow so does that give you an idea of of the reception and the warmth <laughs> that I was welcomed with when I became a homeopath? not to mention I have thousands of anecdotal success stories. There are no lab rats in my practice. Just, well, some people are a little ratty, but no, no, no (laughs) lab rats, just lots of success stories. Thousands. I have so few adverse stories an occasional one. I think one person didn't do well in homeopathy out of thousands. But when you compare that to drug reactions and side effects from drugs, Mm. it's minuscule. It's the scales are not even comparable.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. And Joel's heard me talk about this before, but the third leading cause of death now in the U.S. is prescription drugs, right? And half of those are overdosed, but an estimated half are prescribed and administered properly. And it's a third leading cause of death. Um, the average prescription drug has about 70 side effects. 70.
2: So what, I'm, what I didn't mention in my bio, because that bio would have went on for three days, was that... We've started a new program. It's called the New MDS Moms, Doctors, and Scientists. The mom is Zen Honeycutt, and she started Moms Across America. I'm the doctor, and Stephanie Senof, who's a researcher for MIT, is the scientist. And we're doing our for- fourth interview um, next week, and we hope to make them live, and people can join in. And we're focusing on drugs. Now we can't focus on all drugs; there are thousands, but we're talking about two of our favorites: Tylenol, acetaminophen. And all those little ingredients in there, in those liquid preparations for children, they're called excipients, they're bad news. It's like a a list of bad players, the who's who of badness. And Stephanie is gonna be talking about statins. And we're gonna be, you know, my uh, the the other evil in the American pharmacopoeia. You know, you throw a rock, you hit a person on a statin drug for cholesterol, another big myth. So we're gonna be covering those because we're trying to bridge the gap. And then in the future, we're going to have you guys come on with us, the farmer and the nutritionist, and that's what the new MDs should look like. You know that is we're all in it together under this kind of umbrella, and that's what clinics should look like, from practitioner to farmer and everybody in between. That's what we're trying to do. I think that's so wonderful. Yeah,
0: that's 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 great. So so how. Um, How is that meshing in? I mean, um, yeah, moms, that's such a wonderful, wonderful group. I I know, um, uh, Mrs. Honeycutt, Uh, how how is that meshing in with, you know, Obamacare and insurance companies? Um, I mean, just so you know, Michelle, you know, I turned 65 last year. And you know what happens when you're going to turn 65? Your mailbox gets full of all sorts of uh, outfits that are ready to sign you up for Medicare. And uh, I talked to a couple, you know, functional medical guys. Got some counsel, and I've decided not to take. Me- I'm not going to sign up for it. Now I've paid. I paid thousands of dollars into it over my life, but uh, I've decided I'm gonna I'm gonna stay away because I don't want the government to, you know, to tell me what doctor to go to or what or what thing to take, or even or even to color my decisions. You know, because of some financial incentive to do this instead of that. Um, what? How is how is your interaction with the with the system?
2: Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Okay. Well, that that uh, common question is personal and near and dear to my heart, because I turned 65 last last year also. And I did sign up for Medicare. And this week, I decided that this is a waste. And I'm going to look at insurance that I can buy into number one, it's expensive. Number one, number two is I don't agree with anything they're doing. And right. because of what's happened in the past three years, I have veered so much further away from mainstream medicine. I don't know much if I veer any further away, I'm going to wind up in China. I'm yeah. so far um, that <laughs> I don't, I don't use those systems. So I've been asking colleagues of mine, I'm still paying in. I'm about to change it thing. And like, yeah, you took a lot of my money over the years too, because I've been working since I was 12. So I'm, I definitely paid into that system, but sure. I thought, you know what? I'll support others who use it, but I need to get out. And I've been investigating other insurances like Good Samaritan and others like that, where you can buy your own insurance. And I am in the process of doing that now. And my boat is coming out of Medicare too. I, I think it's um not the system for me personally, because I'm not buying what they're selling.
0: Yeah. Well, wow. That's, that gives me chill bumps. Uh, Teresa and I have been with some, uh, our whole family has been with Samaritan Ministries for a long, long time. And uh, we've we've had one claim. We know others who've had numerous claims. And and um, you know the thing that I like about them is that they have pit bulls to um, to negotiate down the the charges. And and as soon as you walk in with Samaritan Ministries quote unquote insurance, your bill will be half of anybody else's right off the top automatically. Every single one of them.
2: You know, and that's disturbing in itself. And I remember using a local clinic when my kid was little, having all those issues. And I said, hmm, I better bring him to the mothership, UCSF, University of California, San Francisco, like the major medical center here in my area in California. And um, I got a bill for a a routine visit with someone and it was wicked expensive. And I call and I said, wait a minute, you overbilled me because I know how to bill. And I can tell you how you coded me is not what our visit entailed. They listed all these things they did for us. I'm like, no, they didn't. I'm a doctor. You didn't do that. I was there. I'm the mom. And so they said, well, we upbill for those of you with insurance to make up for those who don't at UCSF. That's what I was told. Now, I happen to have had a huge deductible. So we were paying out of pocket out of that. But I said, that wasn't the point. I said, "That that is medical insurance fraud. You cannot upbill those to cover those who don't. And mm-hmm. so I, I don't think I ever went back. My son was one and that was almost like, you know, that was 29 years ago and never okay. stepped back foot back in there. Maybe I got a coffee once, but other than that, wasn't going in that system.